Coming up on We Talk News This Week, Republican Congresswoman Nancy Mace's personal reason for introducing federal cannabis reform is released, and we will share. Plus, West Virginia opens its first medical cannabis dispensary, while the FDA continues to dawdle about CBD guidelines with no end in sight. Rock legend Stephen Van Zandt gets into the cannabis game at Canna Provisions in Holyoke, and the Harvest Cup is history for another year in Massachusetts. We have the results for the best weed in the Bay State. Plus, celebrities seen hanging out with Caroline Frankel. Which one was the former heavyweight champ of the world, you ask? <laughs> it's not Jimmy Young, that's for sure. We Talk News is next. Your programming and PCM TV is supported by Revolutionary Clinics, Massachusetts' number one medical dispensary where the patient comes first and by Salient Systems for Video Surveillance. You've got regulations, Salient has solutions for your security needs. And by Accounting Buds, your number one CPA specialist for the cannabis industry. And by Artery Pay, easy, cheap, fun, and legal, just like cannabis should be. We are Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. I'm Elena Pinto in Boston for We Talk News and Pro Cannabis Media. This week, federal legalization is back at the forefront. Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina filed a bill to federally decriminalize cannabis and give states freer reign to pass their own laws and regulations. Mace said this bill had personal meanings to her, and she shared that reason on Fox Business's Kennedy this week, saying she used cannabis to help treat depression after being raped as a teenager. While some advocates want to see more inclusive social equity measures added to the bill, it's admirable and incredibly vulnerable for Representative Mace to share this story. And it leads to the larger conversation about bipartisan support for cannabis. The FDA is doubling down on its stance about CBD. The Acting Cannabis Product Committee Chair for the FDA, Grail Sipes, says the agency wants additional research and safety data on CBD before it can be considered for use as a food additive or dietary supplement. Sipes also reiterating it is unlawful for CBD to be used as an ingredient in human or animal food or to be sold in interstate commerce. With that, let's check in on one of the leading states in the industry. Here's Christopher Smith with our California report. Hey, thanks for the intro, guys. Here's the California Roundup for Weed Talk News. California is celebrating 25 years of medicinal cannabis, and it's important that we give credit to the gay community that spearheaded legalization. Cannabis legend Dennis Perone, one of the co-authors of Proposition 215, which allowed medical cannabis patients to legally have cannabis medicine, pursued legalization in the early 1990s because his partner was suffering from AIDS. He ultimately died, said Perone, but then I did Prop 215 for all the people who couldn't get treatment. We had people going to jail who had AIDS, people who were intimidating cancer patients. I wanted them to be able to defend themselves, but it turns out I wrote 215 for a sick nation that was being swallowed up by prohibition, a nation that had created fear toward anyone who would dare to talk about marijuana. 
Perone died in 2018, just a few months before full legalization was approved by voters. Oakland. The city of Oakland plans to end cannabis testing for most city employees. The Oakland City Council Public Safety Committee unanimously approved a proposal to end cannabis drug testing for most city employees last week. Labor unions that represent city employees or workers must employ must approve the change before it moves to full council for approval. Council member Rebecca Kaplan, the ordinance sponsor, says the city shouldn't be weeding out workers for something that's legal. And Weed Maps and Burner are launching a cannabis-friendly social media site. Finally, Irvine, California-based cannabis technology company Weed Maps and San Francisco-based rapper and cannabis entrepreneur Burner are planning to launch a social media platform on marijuana.com, describing it as the Instagram of marijuana. Burner, who founded the massive multi-state operator Cookies brand, says this is in response to the many cannabis businesses who have lost valuable accounts and followers because of the crackdown by Facebook and Instagram. The rebellion is on. And I'm Christopher Smith from the American Cannabis Report, sending peace and love from Cannabis Heaven, California, for Weed Talk News. More companies are moving across state lines, hoping to capitalize on the budding legal markets. Jushi Holdings, based in Florida, has acquired Nevada-based New Leaf for a whopping $62.5 million. With that, here's our Green Market Report with Deborah Borchardt. I'm Deborah Borchardt, and this is your business update from Green Market Report for We Talk News. We are still in the thick of earnings season, and this week, well, some of the companies delivered some numbers that were a little bit sloppy. The best report came from True Leaf Cannabis, who announced that its third quarter revenue increased 64% to $224.1 million. They beat estimates. Verano Holdings also had good results for the third quarter with revenues of $207 million, better than the second quarter's revenue of $199 million. So things are moving in the right direction. But TPCO Holding Corp., also known as the parent company, announced their financial numbers and came in with an eye-popping charge of $570 million. The parent company's revenue for the quarter was just $39.7 million. And Terrasen Corp. reported that its third quarter revenues dropped by 16% sequentially to $49.1 million from the second quarter's $58.7 million. And that's it for this week. I'm Deborah Borchardt, and that has been the business update from Green Market Report for Weed Talk News. In the neighborhoods near Capitol Hill, people are still trying to navigate the new regulations around cannabis. This week, the District Council will hear a legalization bill, and some advocates want to see small businesses get in on the action. If adopted, a proposed amendment would allow small entrepreneurs to sell cannabis at farmers markets in DC. While marijuana has been legal for adult use to use and possess there for seven years now, a congressional rider has stalled the regulated market. This could open some doors for smaller business in the meantime. And staying with the East Coast, let's check in with Ron Marshallsey for our Massachusetts report. I'm Ron Marshallsey with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for We Talk News. The Harvest Cup in Worcester was back this year after not being able to be in person last year, and Pro Cannabis Media's own Jimmy Young was there to catch all the excitement. How gratifying is it to look around and see face-to-face -face people at your show again? 
Uh, very grateful. Uh, glad to be back. Is the turnout bigger than you expected? What do you see so far? Yeah, it definitely is. Full house. We have more entries than we've ever had. Um, we beat 2019. I think we have 167 total. Is cannabis flourishing here in Worcester? Is this not like the premier capital of cannabis in Massachusetts now? I believe it's the hub, yep, for sure. They call Boston, but Worcester's, I think, the cannabis hub. And you guys had a lot to do with that. So, I mean, you must be pretty proud of this. For sure, absolutely. The winners in a couple categories over the weekend were Northeast Alternatives winning the Sweet Edible category, Trican won the Concentrates category, and the Sativa and Indica Flower categories went to City Slickers Genetics and House of Cultivar, respectively. Since the legalization of marijuana in Massachusetts five years ago, the equity goals built into the 2016 ballot approved by voters still have not been fully realized. Shalene Title, a former commissioner who co-authored the Massachusetts ballot question on legalization, was quoted as saying, The Cannabis Committee and legislature really need to decide. Are they going to implement those fixes or are they going to continue with inaction? Which, in that case, they're really proactively deciding that this multi-billion dollar industry is going to be for wealthy white men and big tobacco. Title also says that host community agreements and a fund for social equity financed by a new cannabis tax are simple things that can help with the inequity. And finally, Tilt Holdings announced that the Cannabis Control Commission approved Tilt's subsidiary, Commonwealth Alternative Care, to commence adult-use retail operations at its Brockton dispensary, effective November 22, 2021. The Brockton location will become CAC's first adult-use dispensary, and their Taunton location is also expected to receive its final adult-use license by the end of the year. That's this week's Massachusetts Cannabis Report. For Weed Talk News, I'm Ron Marshallsey. Regulations could be changing for medical marijuana caregivers in Michigan. A proposed bill would cut the number of plants caregivers can grow from 72 to just 24. And it seems some patients and customers are responding with their dollars. With more on that, here's Michigan Normal Executive Director and Arcana Caster, Rick Thompson. Rick. Hello, everyone. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. I'm happy to start off with news of a huge October for cannabis sales in Michigan. The industry is up 59% over last year with a single monthly total of $163.5 million. Medical sales down around 18% over last year, but recreational sales advanced to set a new record for the adult use industry in Michigan. Now, is the Customs and Border Protection Agency breaking the law when they seize marijuana paraphernalia? The answer is yes, if you live in Michigan or Colorado, according to a new report available on Reuters. The Medical Marijuana Act and the MRTMA in Michigan and changes made to the Colorado Constitution allow for the sale and distribution of items the federal government labels as drug accessories. Should the Border Patrol know better? Absolutely, since the federal law passed in 1986 includes an exemption for state legal activities. Hey guys, it's in section 863, which was argued in a 2017 case. Boy, Port Huron is a mess. The city did not honor the will of the people and crafted a crazy licensing scheme for cannabis businesses, which was prejudicial and discriminatory. At least that's the claim made by several contenders in the Port Huron Cannabis Licensed Circus, 
and they've sued the city to have their say in court. That day will come in June of 2022. To counteract this bad city policy, a ballot proposal was put before voters in August of this year to create a new program. The voters approved it, but the city sued to stop the new law from going into place. Multiple issues exist. The only winners are the lawyers, and there's no end in sight to the legal wrangling taking place in the Blue Water Bridge City. Governor Gretchen Whitmer and a bipartisan coalition of governors from 21 states, two territories, and the mayor of the District of Columbia call on congressional leadership to pass the Secure and Fair Enforcement Banking Act, the SAFE Act. Now that would remove legal limitations and allow financial institutions to bank with state licensed cannabis businesses. Now, Whitmer's also signed two other letters supporting the Safe Banking Act, one in June of 2019 and one in April of 2020. On September 21st of this year, the US House of Representatives added the Safe Banking Amendment by voice vote to the NDAA. And the Safe Banking Act has now passed the US House of Representatives five times but the Senate has never voted on the measure. But by far the most important story of the day is the massive product recall issued by Michigan's Marijuana Regulatory Agency yesterday on Wednesday, the 17th of November. All flour tested for three months and from two labs has been ordered destroyed or returned for retesting. Veritas Labs is the culprit seems they didn't properly screen for aspergillus, an extremely, extremely rare cannabis contaminant. It's not surprising this lab would be found in violation, though, as they were already fined and reprimanded by the regulatory agency for charging cannabis companies to perform heavy metals testing they were not licensed to perform. They blamed that failure on a misunderstanding of the law. Really? Here's the funny part. These two labs are run by former cops, and more specifically, former principals from the Michigan State Police Crime Lab. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. West Virginia finally has its very first medical dispensary. The governor signed the state's medical cannabis bill into law four years ago, but it took until now for the regulated market to get going. MSO True Leave has now opened stores in Morgantown and Weston with two more on the way. And hopefully we'll be able to see even more companies cash in on the green rush in West Virginia. For more on what's going on in the medical world, here's Jessie Lynn Dolan in Vermont with our Green Nurse Report. I'm Jessie Lynn Dolan from Nurse Grown Organics and Vermont Cannabis Nurses. And this is the Weed Talk News Vermont Report. On Tuesday, November 16th, the Vermont Coalition for Equity in Cannabis met for a community conversation to discuss the numerous recommendations they provided to the Cannabis Control Board and how these social equity suggestions remain unaddressed. The National Association of Cannabis Businesses, an out-of-state consultant group hired by the Vermont Cannabis Control Board, will be conducting a series of social equity town halls, gathering and then compiling recommendations that will provide the Cannabis Control Board with a post-town hall meeting report. Both in-person and virtual, the first meeting was Thursday, November 18th in Winooski, and the second on Saturday, November 20th in Waterbury. The full advisory committee to the Cannabis Control Board 
convened Friday, November 19th to begin discussing some of the board's drafted rules. The meetings are open for the public to attend in person or available online, always with opportunity for public comment, though few Vermonters have taken advantage of this option. Vermonters, the time is now to speak up, even if your voice shakes. That's the Vermont Report for Weed Talk News. I'm Vermont's cannabis nurse, Jessie Lynn Dolan. Missouri's medical cannabis program has seemingly taken off, and businesses based in the Show Me State are stepping up to show what they've been working on. Soon, patients will be able to start sipping on cannabis-infused seltzer, the first ever made right in Missouri. Let's check in with Brandon Jones with our Missouri Report. Hey, everybody. It's Brandon Jones with Distribution Maven with your Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. My first story today comes from Springfield Newsleader. Missouri proposes rules allowing marijuana dispensaries to promote sales events. So basically, this is a touching on the basis of the last law that was changed that didn't allow the dispensaries to promote any of their events, any of their prices, so that people wouldn't be biased on what particular items they were coming to purchase. So now they're going to propose that as long as they have a disclaimer, that now the dispensaries will be able to do this. So the disclaimer reads, medical decisions should not be made based on advertising. Consult a physician on the benefits and risk of particular medical marijuana products. So basically, as long as the disclaimer is read, they think the bias is now taken away. So at least the dispensaries will be able to tell the, the patients what profit, what products are out there, what the prices are, if there's promotions, to do events, to get people to come out and just promote. So it's good for business for everybody to be able to promote what they're doing. My second report is something that's a little bit uh, near and dear to the heart. It's about recreational going legal here in 2022. So at right now, there's about there's two main proposals that are being brought to the table. The first one that I'm going to talk about this week is brought by Fair Access Missouri. Uh, the two big disclaimers or differences between the two parties is this one wants a lower access to everyone. So basically the right to get a license is only $2,500 and then the certificate is only $1,000 more. Also a big discrepancy between this would be personal cultivation. This one already shows that it would be described by the actual canopy size, not the number of plants. Currently, you're allowed to have six plants in each phase. But right now, this would give it up to a 25 feet canopy if this new uh, initiative was to pass. So I would tell everyone to go look at Fair Access Missouri, go see what the proposal is, decide. And next week, I'll be having the second proposal here on Weed Talk News. So again, I'm Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven. This is your Missouri Cannabis Report for We Talk News. Thanks a lot, everybody, and have a great weekend. In celebrity cannabis, rock and roll Hall of Famer and Sopranos actor Stephen Van Zant is bringing his underground apothecary line of cannabis products to Canna Provisions in Holyoke and Lee, Massachusetts. Van Zant is the lead guitarist in the East Street Band that played with Bruce Springsteen for years, and now he's bringing his passion for music to cannabis in order to help others with the amazing wellness properties of the plant. PCM founder Jimmy Young sat down with Stephen for a special In the Weeds interview for next week. Everyone's favorite Old West stoner is getting some special recognition. Willie Nelson is slated to receive the Clio Cannabis Lifetime Achievement Award. Launched in 2019, Clio Cannabis celebrates the creators at the forefront of cannabis marketing and communications. And I think most of us can agree Willie has always communicated his support for cannabis.
I'm Elena Pinto for Weed Talk News. And remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Weed Talk and In the Weeds are two productions of pro-cannabis media supported by Revolutionary Clinics, one of the top medical cannabis dispensaries in the Massachusetts area. Now with three locations in Greater Boston, two in Cambridge and one on Broadway in Somerville. Rev Clinics has a patient-first mission. They will customize your needs as a medical patient with the proper titration and combination of strains, flavors, and products. Rev Clinics, where the patient comes first. Difference is building a solution for that individual. Not just a custom, here's a box, here's a video, here's how you make your VMS. We custom design and custom build every situation for exactly what the customer needs. And we keep the cost low. We have multiple tiers, you know, as far as what you're looking at on the cost side of things. If you want a one-time, you know, where you just pay one initial cost, we have that. If you want to maintain your system and have the highest protection and highest capabilities and highest upgrades at all times, we have different plans for you. But we scale it so it's scalable and affordable 100%. Cannabis Media Programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash ProCannabis Media. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand. We are Pro Cannabis Media.